Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. That's the sound of cracking once again. You got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and we got an exciting show this week. Last week, you may have heard there was a, a candidate for governor of the state of Mississippi that made national news. His name is Robert Foster, and we're going to have him on the phone today and uh, talk about what made national news. It was in New York Times, Washington Post. I think 80 different organizations picked up this news story about a candidate in the state of Mississippi running for governor. And so we're going to be talking with Robert Foster as he makes his, uh, he's in the Republican primary along with uh, Tate Reeves, the lieutenant governor now, and also Bill Waller, the former uh, Chief Justice of the Mississippi uh, Supreme Court. So we will be talking to Robert, see what make, got him in the national news, and then we're going to play a clip from CNN where he uh, actually was in a little mini-debate with uh, uh, a female reporter that caused the national news story. So we're going to get to that. Before we do that, I have to talk about last week the Judicial Committee and the House of Representatives in Washington, D.C., had a uh, hearing, and there's two things uh, they just lambast Bush, put in the Democratic, um, uh, I guess, guest or uh, experts, considered experts, came in. And there's one exchange of Congressman Jordan of Ohio with uh, the head of the uh, Constitutional, let's see, what the, the American Constitutional Society was an invited guest that came back. She'd been there before. Supposed to be an expert. So, uh, before we get to Robert Foster's uh, uh, comments and interview with him, let me play this clip for you uh, from uh, the hearing last week in the Judicial Committee of the House of Representatives. This is Congressman Jordan and talking with the head of the American Constitutional Society. Take a listen. Report. That is what the, the opinion piece We're says. talking about what you wrote, what you that said, and what Bob Mueller said. You exactly said don't read the report. Exactly what the opinion piece says, that Congress needs to get the full uh, Mueller report. I think, here, Mr. Chairman, so, here's what's interesting. Here's what's uh, interesting. We have a witness today who, before the Mueller report was out, said, we already know the president's guilty. Before Bill Barr issued his first statement on the report, says, we already know he's guilty. That same day that she said those things, she writes an op-ed piece saying, don't read the Mueller report, because if you do... You'll find out what she claimed is absolutely not true. I would actually, and she's an expert witness. Once again, today. would recommend that you actually read the piece so that you can see what I it read says. your piece. I read uh, the whole document. Apparently darn thing. not, because it does I say did just a Congress few minutes ago, because I remember the exchange we had a few months ago, yeah. right after, right after Bill Barr had sent his March 24th letter, and we had a little discussion about this same fact. I can't believe the Democrats invited you back. 
Well, the Democrats did invite her back, and uh, Congressman Jordan let her have it because uh, she, her, her, uh, she surely is not an expert when it comes to law. But there is an expert that was there, and that is uh, Dr. John Eastman, an uh, expert in law. I've uh, met him before. He is an outstanding individual and conservative, but he knows the law, and he he pinpointed to me the most important part of the entire i think three hours of testimony but one little sentence i'm going to play this clip for you very important that nobody's talking about in the mainstream media they would like to hide this under the rug but it's very important about the entire Mueller investigation and uh that's uh th- when they talk about obstruction of justice and we could go deep into it but let me play this little clip from uh john eastman as he was explaining something that's very, very important for Americans to know because it's part of our U.S. Constitution. The, the powers given to the Congress are enumerated. The power given to the president is unenumerated. It is the executive power, the entirety of it. And the, the framers of the Constitution did that deliberately because the system they had before that under the Articles of Confession, Confederation was not working because we did not have an energetic executive who could execute the law both domestically and deal with anything that arose uh, uh, on the international scene. That's not a part of a legislative power. That is a core or executive power right on dr eastman did you hear that way he laid that out i mean do you hear the mainstream media talk about it do you hear anybody talking about it well doc holliday's rock splitting politics we are talking about it because it's the most important thing when you talk start talking especially about obstruction of justice and when they talk about firing james comey is that obstruction of justice will read or, or listen to what dr Eastman had to say he is an expert and he knows the U.S. Constitution and he says Congress, Congress, the legislative branch, the House and the Senate, Congress is under enumerated powers and the executive, the president of the United States is under unenumerated powers. So what does that mean, Doc Holliday? Well, Enumerated powers are specific powers granted to Congress by the United States Constitution, authority over every issue not enumerated or assigned to Congress is reserved for the individual states. And that's, we hear about the different amendments. It's so important to understand Congress has enumerated powers. The executive branch Purposely, as you heard Dr. Eastman say, because of the weakness of the Articles of Confederation and the U.S. Constitution was brought into being because of that, the president, the executive branch, has unenumerated powers. And that's what uh, basically John Eastman was telling the uh, uh, the judicial Judiciary Committee in the House there, if they would listen, which uh, most of the Democrats, I'm afraid to say, probably were brain dead and they had their ears shut because he told them the president, that means President Trump, it means President Obama, it means in the past President Bush, one and two, President Clinton, it doesn't matter who's the president, they have unenumerated powers, and that is why Everything that Mueller said, and and Dr. Eastman said everything that Mueller questioned about possible obstruction of justice makes no sense, and it has no reason to lead to any impeachments because the president has unenumerated powers in the executive branch. So, uh, 
yes I, it just it just burns me up sometimes the way the mainstream media uh, plays these things and and talk about the mainstream media and that leads us up to our interview so let me give a phone call to uh robert foster candidate for governor of the state of mississippi was all over the national news last week and and we're going to get to that during the interview and then i'm also going to uh, play a clip after the interview of cnn as he uh as he was on robert foster was on with their female reporter who he uh, had a disagreement with so let, let's get on the phone with Robert Foster, and we'll ask him about why he's running for governor of Mississippi, what he thinks can be done. And so, important interview, listen to this. And for people around the country who are not voters in the state of Mississippi, this is important national news for you to know and for what's going on because it involves, he invokes and talks about Vice President Pence and, and what he has done. And so I want the whole country to understand this race going on in Mississippi is an important governor's race. In fact, next week we'll try to get uh, the two other candidates in the Republican primary. That's Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves and also former uh, Chief Justice of Mississippi Supreme Court, Bill Waller. We're going to get them on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics uh, next week. So uh, exciting times, and for to tell all your friends and voters in Mississippi to listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and for all our listeners around the country, this is important for you to know where we're going and toward politics. And Mississippi's a red state, and the Democrats very much want to try to beat the Republican pri- uh, primary, uh, whoever comes out of the Republican primary, because they will see it as a stepping stone to the 2020 election. And there is a Democrat that's raising a lot of money uh, that uh, if he comes out of Democratic primary uh, in good shape, he, there's people thinking there's millions of dollars to be coming to the, Miss- the Mississippi Democratic uh nominee for governor so important for everybody around the country to see what's going on here and so with all that said let's welcome to doc holiday's rock splitting politics representative robert foster he's a first term finishing up his first term in the mississippi house of representatives and now he's running he's tossed his hat in the ring to run for governor so let's talk to him Sorry, man. My phone is blowing up right now. Well, I I, I appreciate the interview time because I know it is blowing up. Yes, sir. And uh, Robert, what makes you the uh, the person to vote for? Well, I think it's my background that's so unique in this race. I've been running a business for 14 years, and, and my other opponents can't say that they've they've got experiences, but their experiences are in politics. And to me, I think that's really what's so wrong with Mississippi is we've had this natural progression of career politicians in our state running our state for so long that we haven't been able to make any kind of changes in our state uh, policies to help our economy grow we tend to hold ourselves back uh, and i saw that during the the four years i served as a state representative during the winter i've gone down uh to jackson and and helped uh try and correct some wrong policies that are holding back our economy and it's just been a very frustrating process that we haven't really had much of a um, a plan from uh, some of our leadership, at least on one end and one chamber, particularly uh, in the Senate. From I, I felt like that we kept having blockades of progress economically, and I felt like to give people a choice. So I'm running this year. I, I look forward to working with our 
you know, our speaker, which I get along with very well, and we agreed on a lot of economic policy. And uh, our outgoing governor has done a great job, but he just had a problem with one one of the three leaders, the, the Senate leader particularly, not helping to to move us in the right direction. And so, hopefully, this time we'll have a a, a lieutenant governor, a governor, and a speaker of the house that can help move Mississippi's ec- economy forward. Okay, well, Robert, you just said you know in the right direction, and I know uh, you go back over in a big picture, and and there are people when uh, Democrats controlled the state legislature, uh, there's been a big uh, improvement, and and you're pro- part of that in the House of Representatives as far as uh, bringing back a rainy day fund and uh, trying to secure uh, the finances of the state of Mississippi and. And and feel some people feel like they're making advancements in that way. So in the overall picture, you see the what the Republicans are doing, but you say it, it, it's still not getting it right. There's still too much being lost, and and uh, you still don't think we're going in the right direction. Is that correct? No, I think we're going in the right direction. We're just not moving quick enough, and we don't have a big picture plan that we've been able to to get everybody on board with. Um, and I do believe that it's been you know one particular leader, our lieutenant governor, that's held back that big-picture plan of trying to restructure, for instance, our tax structure. Uh, we have one of the worst-rated tax structures in the United States of America for business and, and economic growth. We're currently rated 31 out of 50 by the Tax Foundation, and uh, there are a lot of things that we can do to correct that wrong. And one of those, um, the main thing is that we have to have a conversation about uh, moving and completely repealing away our personal income tax. Our personal income tax is what puts us at a great disadvantage to states like Tennessee, Texas, and Florida who don't have personal income taxes, and their states' economies are booming. And they have everything based off sales and use taxes, where everybody in their economy pays their fair share. The more they buy at the gas pump, the more they pay. The more they buy at the store, the more they pay. But everybody pays their fair share as they go. And our state's tax structure still has that personal income tax that puts us at a great disadvantage economically. Well, when you say that, and, and of course Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the union, so what do you say about uh, helping? Uh, how do the poor afford more taxes when it comes to uh, the gas pump and uh, groceries and, and everything else they need? Well, the grocery tax could be put on the table as part of the negotiation that we might even would be able to reduce that uh, and offset it with uh, a compromise somewhere else uh, in the tax structure uh, to help people that are on fixed incomes. But the biggest question I think everybody needs to ask themselves, uh, is it better to have people that are in poverty continue to be trapped in that poverty or to give them uh, an economy with a tax structure that's very uh, uh, low burden on working people because uh, ours is very high burden on working people. That's what people need to realize. The work, this tax structure in Mississippi overburdens the working people who work and pay income tax and the small business owners. And those are the people that are leaving our state and they're not wanting to grow businesses here, add on to them here because of that personal income tax. So is it better to have people uh, that are poor in, a, in an economic environment where they're not having many opportunities to get a good paying job and get out of that situation? Or is it better to have a tax structure that is set up where everybody pays their fair share as they go at the pump and at the store, and then the economy is set up to grow much quicker? It's a more conservative tax policy. Those states like Tennessee, Texas, and Florida are all ranked in the top 20 for being the most conservative in tax policy, having the least regressive forms of taxation on their economy. And we are ranked in the bottom 20 as having the most regressive forms of taxation in the nation and we need to have a conversation about what's better for people long term Uh, and to me i believe is to have a tax structure that will grow our economy and give those people an opportunity 
to get out of poverty. And you feel like uh, being governor, and I know Mississippi doesn't have the strongest system for a governor. Uh, of course, you can affect legislation by threatening a veto, but uh, how do you see Mississippi's governor, if you become governor, how do you get these uh, policies into place? Because uh, we're going to have a new lieutenant governor, and uh, and we're going to have a, a, the same, probably the same speaker, and I believe they'll be working in the same direction together to help our economy. Um, but I believe that uh, the heir to be for the Republican Party and the nominee for the supposed Democrat Party are both people that would uh, block progress uh, for different reasons in our state. One has been blocking uh, our economy from growing the last eight years, in my opinion, and. Uh, the other has been destroying uh, our state through the attorney general's office the last uh, during his tenure. So I, I think that neither one of them are fit for the office and that the people of Mississippi deserve to have somebody that's not a career politician that's willing to do what's in the best interest of the people of our state rather than then for their individual's political career. Uh, and that's why I decided to run at this point. Okay, Robert, and you talk about you're not a politician, but uh, you're getting a lot of political questions right now. There's uh uh, some people are calling you sexist, and it's not only Mississippi. You've made national news now in the Washington Post, New York Times. And so uh, why, why are they accusing you of being sexist? And, and, and uh, could you just clear the air on that? But before we let Robert answer that question, everybody's want to hear uh, his answer about what made the national news. But let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net and other great shows there. But we appreciate them putting us up every week. And you can go and look at and uh, listen to all the archives of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right there. Just go to the front page of our website at Web Talk Radio. And I also want to remind you that we will next week be talking to uh, Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves, who uh, Robert has mentioned here, not by name, but uh, as Lieutenant Governor. And we'll also be talking with uh, the former Supreme Court Justice of Mississippi's Supreme Court. That's uh, Bill Waller, whose father was governor back in the 70s. But he's running for governor also in the Republican primary. So we're going to be talking to them both next week if all works out. And I also want to remind you, we got a website and we got a book. And I say we because I put together a book with Dr. Alveda King, the niece of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Dr. Alex McFarland called Bedrock Truths. If you don't have that book, we'd love to get you one. You can go right to the find a cover of, of that book on our website you click on that it'll take you right to www.docholiday.org that's holiday of two l's you go there and you can order that book along with some other books we'd love to get those out if you don't have a, one of those books if you do have one buy one for your friend but uh we'd love to uh, help you get that book so just order that right there online now I do have one little promotion bit from our friend Todd Starnes at Fox News I'm going to play that and then we're going to listen to Robert's answer of what's made all this national news So, and then we got a little clip from CNN we'll end the show up with so take a listen Hello America, Todd Starnes here from the Fox News Corner of the World, and you are listening to Rock Splitting Politics. Sweet mercy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's good. Now, Robert, we'll let you answer that question. What's causing all this national media that's gotten you uh, scrutiny and being called sexist? So uh, what's your answer, Robert? Sure. Uh, 
uh, I do interviews with reporters, male, female, all the time, and have been a lot the last seven months when I've been on the campaign trail for governor. Uh, and even during the last four years as a state representative, I did many interviews. Uh, but what's different about this instance is they wanted to do a ride-along in the vehicle with me for a 15- to 16-hour day on the campaign trail. And I don't have a big staff in my campaign at this point in the uh, Republican primary, and there's a lot of times that it's just me alone or me and my campaign director, and sometimes he has to leave during part of the day and go and represent me at another event and meet up with me later. And I did not want to be left alone in the vehicle with a female reporter uh, driving around the state uh, for people to make presumptions about why and who that person was in the vehicle with me. So I simply requested that they send uh, another male counterpart, a photographer or somebody else with her to accompany her along that uh, ride-along interview that was going to last all day long so that we would not uh, be putting ourselves in a position to have to make any explanation later as to who and what we were doing. Well, and uh, and I think our vice president of the United States, uh, Mike Pence, has, has had said similar. And I think they call it the Billy Graham rule, going back to the evangelist Billy Graham, who said he never want to be uh, along with a woman where any, you know, even, not even a hint of scandal could be mentioned. And so is that, that's the, and that's what you're saying. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. That's a standard that I've always practiced in my life, uh, in my professional career, my personal life, and, and also now in my political uh, life that I just do not put myself in that position uh, so that there's no way for someone to make a false accusation against me because there's always going to be at least one, if not multiple other uh, people there to witness uh, our uh, professional uh, interaction. And that's, to me, it is professional to be able to have that type of uh, policy. And so what Any you... other men out there, especially nowadays with the Me Too movement moving through this nation, of women making accusations against men years and years later that have many times been proven to be false accusations, sometimes they were true, but a lot of times false, but there's no way for the men to be able to defend themselves it's a he said she said situation when they don't have witnesses there right we saw that in the supreme court uh fight uh last uh, last summer which uh, came became a circus and uh it did and, and i know you're protecting not only your wife but your children and so uh you you set a standard a high standard that you know it's not you know it's not something that you've done new i mean it's been done by politicians like vice president pence and of course billy graham but what is your answer to others should others follow you and let you be the leader and say this is how things should be done or do you uh, or do you think that uh you should bend to what the uh the i guess the mainstream media seems to tell you to do well, I'm, I'm uh, very strong uh, in my Christian beliefs and faith, and I believe that God should be put first in all that we do. And in the eyes of the Lord, I do not believe it is good practice for men to be alone with other women that are not their wives. And I would encourage others that are Christians and uh, to practice that. And if they have not been, that they should seriously consider doing that in their lives. And I would encourage others that are not followers of Christ to, to open their hearts and minds uh, to his, uh, his ways. Well, Robert, it's, uh, I appreciate your time on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics and your input, and uh, we'll keep following you on the campaign trail. Thank you very much for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. You have a good day. All right. Thanks, Robert. Well, that was a representative, State Representative Robert Foster running for governor of the state of Mississippi, and you heard him at the end where he explained what's causing the controversy around the country about what he said he wouldn't be 
riding with just a female reporter and the reason why because of the small staff and so uh, we heard right from him and so i'm for those who are wondering how he felt uh we had one of the first interviews uh and uh we taped that uh, for this week's show and we actually was on the day that like he you heard him say his phone was blowing up it was it was the day that all the news was hitting we just had scheduled for our interview we appreciate robert coming on doc holiday's rock splitting politics let me play this little clip from cnn the day after i interviewed robert so uh listen to this little uh clip from cnn spaces um representative so, i just um, i just got a note from someone who spent a week with larison at a conference on health journalism and said that she is a professional and ethical journalist i don't understand from you as a public elected official the message you're sending to young girls who want to be journalists that they well, can't the they, they can hang on that they can't do the same job that young men can do who want to be journalists Oh, absolutely. They can do the same job. We're talking about a specific 15 to 16 hour ride along in my truck. With a, I had one caveat that she did not want to follow that rule, and that's okay. And I understand her position, but I have my position, and I don't have to uh, break my rule in my vehicle for anyone. And I think it's also important to point out the fact that because of the Me Too movement now, Men are under attack all of the time. Sometimes those accusations come out to be true, but there are many times they have been proven to be false. And I'm not going to allow myself to be put in a situation where someone, and I'm not saying Ms. Campbell would ever do this, but I'm not going to ever mm-hmm. be put in a situation with any female to where they could make an accusation against me and there's not a witness there to, uh, to refute that accusation. Larison, I want to give you the last word here. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, look, there are a couple of things here. I think we've got to go back to this idea. We, we can't talk about this without talking about perception being everything. And if you're saying that it, the look of impropriety is out there, it's because you're saying that women don't belong in these spaces, <laughs> that it's unusual to see women in these spaces, that women are sexual objects. And also, if it is your rule in your truck, then you provide the person. All right. That, that, can, that, can, be, that can definitely be arranged in the future. Uh, but again, I wanted to point out that I'm running a very small, so I've only got one staff member with me, and, and he's not always even with me. I'm sometimes alone on this campaign. And so uh, it's, it's, you know, a different stage of this campaign. If we make the runoff or make into the mm-hmm. general election, I will have a whole lot different operation. I don't have $7 million like one of my opponents in special interest funding. So it's just a different, whole different dynamic. Larissa, you need to keep pushing for this Fine, interview. But it's sexism. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'll let you have the last word. What did you just say? I was just to say, look, we got to call this what it is. When a woman isn't given access to the same things that a man would be given access to, it's sexism. And, and Representative, just yes or no, you don't deny you would give a man this access, yes? I would, and I stand my ground. All right. No ambiguity there. Representative Foster, uh, Larison Campbell, thank you very much for joining us this morning. That was fascinating. Thanks so much, John. Well, that was a clip from the John Beerman Show, and you've heard Representative uh, Foster on the CNN and talking to the female reporter that uh, uh, had a, a flap with that made the national news. Uh, was it sexist? Uh, do you think what Representative Foster has done, copying Vice President Pence, is it something that uh, we I mentioned in my interview earlier where I said, are you leading? Is this a, a new uh, should people follow what you're doing and make it this more prominent for men uh, and, and politicians across the country? Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And 
uh, like I said, this is something that has uh, come a part of the Mississippi governor's race. Now, as far as the Mississippi voters, they got to decide who they want to vote for. And we had Representative Foster on today's show in a crowd of nation. You've heard uh, we, we've heard a lot of comments on a CNN show and others about is this being sexist or is it being uh, is it just being practical in the Me Too era? So uh, we we encourage your comments. Uh, like I said, I can't read I can read everything. I can't respond to your emails, but you can email us. I'd love to know your thoughts about this and. Uh, next week, we'll have the other two candidates for the Republican primary. Like I said, Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves will be on our show, and uh, also uh, Bill Waller, the, the former governor's son uh, from the 1970s, and also uh, Bill Waller has been the uh, former chief justice on the Mississippi Supreme Court. So we will uh, look forward to next week's show for our listeners around the country again very important for you to hear what's going on in mississippi because this governor's race is one of the very few governor races this november and uh, one of these three men who are running for the, in the republican primary will be uh, the republican nominee in a battle for uh, the next governor of the state of mississippi so Important to know what they're saying and important to know how our country is going and the Democratic Party, how they are reading this and what's going on with that. And are they going to call everybody in Mississippi or every Republican in Mississippi a sexist because of what Robert Foster did? I, I don't know. We're going to find out. And that's why you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, just as we pointed out what John Eastman said. Dr. Eastman was talking about the enumerated powers of the Congress and the unenumerated powers of the executive branch. So a lot you learn right here listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We appreciate our listeners. Tell your friends and neighbors. I put a link up to this show, and we will see you next week. God bless you. God bless America. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.